Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Raj Basord, and I'm a consultant psychiatrist based at the Bethlehem Royal Hospital in South London. I'm joined today by Kath Taylor, a senior research fellow in psychology based at St Thomas's Hospital. And I'm talking to Kath in one of the offices here at St Thomas's Hospital in central London. Now, Kath, with a group of co-authors, is publishing a fascinating paper entitled The Impact of Hospital Consultants' Poor Mental Health on patient care in the March edition of the British Journal of Psychiatry. I think you can just about hear Big Ben in the background, just to prove how <laughs> close we are uh, to Big Ben, and we really are speaking from St Thomas's. So, Kath, first of all, tell me, you have a long-standing interest in the mental health of doctors. Why is that? Yes, well, I mean, this started in, the work started in this department over a decade ago when um, we first became concerned about doctors due to... The, the feeling that they were, um, they especially senior doctors, had highly stressful jobs and occupational health research at the time and continues to tell us that individuals who work in highly demanding jobs are more at risk of both um, mental health and physical health problems. But there wasn't any research as far as we knew at that time um, about hospital consultants or senior doctors in the UK and whether this was an issue. So we first started our research way back in the middle of the 1990s and conducted a national postal survey um, to over 800 hospital consultants from five specialties, five different types of hospital consultant. And um, just to assess, really, assess, assess the prevalence, the size of the problem, was it a problem, and to also look at how it was associated with their work in terms of what aspects of the job contributed to their poor mental health, and also to look at what aspects of the job protected them. And what we found was that um, there was a high prevalence of minor mental health problems, such as anxiety and depression and burnout, in this hospital consultant population. It was higher than in the general working population at the time. We found a 27% um, prevalence compared to 18% in the general working population. And it was indeed associated with both um, levels of job stress and aspects of job stress, particularly to do with um, feeling overloaded with work, the volume of work that they had, the conflicting responsibilities and um, priorities and the long hours that they did, and the impact of all of this on their home life. That, and, um, but we also found one of our main findings was that this wasn't enough in itself, and that job satisfaction could actually protect consultants against these, these stressors. So you could stress a doctor very hard, providing you also maintained his or her job satisfaction. Um, we also found that aspects of... Um, their training were important, and if they felt sufficiently trained in communication and management skills, they were also protected. So that's where the work sort of started, and then about eight years later, we decided we'd go back again and see how things had changed and whether they had changed. And so in 2002, we, we repeated the survey, and what we found was things had indeed got worse, and that the prevalence of minor mental health um, problems had risen to 32%, particularly in two of the, the consultant groups that we looked at, which were clinical and surgical oncologists. And again, we found this relationship with um, job stress and with job satisfaction. And, um, and the increase was explained by the fact that their job stress had risen significantly over the time period of the two surveys. But their job satisfaction, although it had also increased, it hadn't increased as much. So it wasn't protective. And what was very interesting about this finding was that it wasn't 
to do with their contact with patients and to do with the patient care they were providing. It was to do with the changes that had happened in the NHS and to do with aspects of their work that had increased bureaucracy and increased the regulation over their work, so decreased their discretion over um, how, they, how they carry out their work. And, um, and we, were con we were being asked about what's the consequences of this um, level of poor mental health. And so in this survey, we decided that we'd try and assess some of the potential consequences. And that, this has resulted in this, this publication in the British Journal of Psychiatry, where we've, we've looked at, we've, we've looked at um, ass assessing the size of the problem and the association with poor mental health for potential consequences such as drinking, consuming harmful levels of alcohol and the um, impact on their clinical performance and um, whether it's associated with an intention to, to leave the NHS early, to retire early from the NHS because clearly that in itself means that there's not a consultant body to provide patient care. And um, so that's where this this research kind of emerged from and we were aware that although evidence has been accruing in recent years to show that there's an association between poor mental health in doctors and adverse consequences for patient care or dif difficult consequences such as doctors who are burnt out have been shown to communicate less empathically and to deliver bad news more bluntly and we know that um, poor mental health is a major contributory, fa contributory factor to them taking long-term sick leave and indeed to suicide as well. And um, so we wanted to add to this research using our, our expertise and the work that we had done in the past decade to explore this. So that's, that's really where, where this research has emerged from. This paper that you're publishing in the British Journal of Psychiatry focuses on hospital consultants working in the UK. I just want to take a step back because you're part of a research group that's interested in the mental health of doctors generally, aren't you? We're part, we, we are indeed, but all of our research to date has been focused on um, hospital consultants, so on senior doctors, um, although um, we are beginning to expand that and look at the whole team. We're funded by Cancer Research UK, so... Um, a focus of our research has always been to look at cancer doctors and some of the specialty groups in our surveys have indeed been cancer doctors also although some of them haven't and so yes it is fair to say that we are we we are interested in the mental health and in the well-being of of all doctors but so to date our research has been focused on hospital consultants. Well, why is the charity um, that's linked to cancer so interested in the mental health of doctors? Because of obviously their their um, their wish to um, ensure that they deliver the best possible care to patients with cancer, and clearly, in order to do that, you need a healthy workforce. You need to be able to retain the workforce that you've got and be able to expand the workforce. And um, because of research such as ours that that shows the impact that poor mental health and stress can have on um, their ability to deliver high-quality patient care. They're, they're clearly interested in, in finding ways to um, reduce this impact and prevent it. Is oncology a medical specialty that's particularly associated with high levels of stress and poor mental health in, in doctors? Well, originally, that was one of the hypotheses we, we set out to test. Um, and in our first study in the mid-90s, we didn't find that they were... We thought they would be because of dealing with... Um, 
the distress and emotional distress of the patients having to deliver bad news um, regularly and having to talk to patients where they maybe have a poor prognosis, etc., and just dealing with their patients dying and and that that aspect of the job. So we did we did think that that would be the case, but it wasn't in the mid 1990s. And when we went back in the second survey, as as I've said, we we found that the deterioration in mental health that we observed over the period of time of the two surveys was particularly marked in two of the cancer specialties. But as I've said, this wasn't to do with um, aspects of the work to do with their patient, the direct patient care and the relationships that they have with their patients. It was, it was to do with changes to the way that they work. So um, I, don't, I don't, I think our data, our data show that yes, they are particularly at risk, but it's not for the reasons that perhaps you might think. You found that things had deteriorated dramatically, it sounds like, in terms of mental health. But, but was that across the board amongst hospital consultants or particular specialties had fared particularly badly? It was, um, it, it, I mean, it was overall that um, in 1994 the, the prevalence was 27% and in 2002 it's 32%. But when we explored it by specialty group, um, that we, we had five specialty groups in our, in our study, we found that it was particularly marked in, in the clinical and surgical oncologists. So they, they accounted for most of the deterioration over time. Are you able to tell us anything about other specialties? Obviously, as a psychiatrist working in the uh. in the <laughs> NHS, I'm particularly interested in how psychiatrists have fared. Unfortunately, not. But we would love to be able to, and um, we'd love to be able to conduct that, that 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 research. And I'm not aware of any research that has been done on the scale that that we've conducted this research nationally. Um, although there are studies that have been done on anaesthetists and on um, consultants working in intensive care, etc. And they, they all find, they all corroborate this research and find that there are high levels of estimated minor, minor mental disorder. You, you said that things are deteriorated generally in terms of the mental health of hospital doctors in the UK, according to your research. You gave an account of some of the reasons to do with, it sounds like, the way that doctors found that their jobs were changing, mm-hmm. changes being imposed perhaps by managers or changes in the way the health service is organised. Um, again, it, it, was that an issue across the board in terms of specialties, that this deterioration was linked to those issues, or were there different reasons depending on the specialty you were in? Um, on the whole, they were very similar, and in that the predominant source of the main source of job stress was this issue of, I mean, we, we paraphrase it as overload and the effect on home life, and really that comprises the overall volume of work, the conflict of responsibilities, the conflicting priorities, the long hours at work, and the disruption to home life that that causes. And then other other factors include stress arising from lack of appropriate resources and staffing levels, etc. And we we found that these were, although there was there was specificity across the different consultant groups, certainly there was, and we could we could tell tell the stories um, according to the different specialty groups. On the whole, it was. Um, you know, it was it was similar across the board. Now, you describe the, the mental health in general of these doctors as deteriorating. They seem to be some particular, very interesting, specific consequences of this deterioration. Mm. And I want to pick out two. One is about alcohol abuse mm-hmm. and also irritability with colleagues. Okay. Can you tell me a bit about what was happening there? 
Okay. Well, we, in this current survey, um, we measured um, harmful alcohol use. So we're not talking about um, alcohol dependence here, but we are talking about a, a level of consumption of alcohol that is deemed to be harmful. And, and um, we used an instrument that was developed by the World Health Organization to measure that. And what, what we found was that uh, approximately one in five of our hospital consultants reported um, a consumption of alcohol that was at a harmful level. And we found that um, male consultants were particularly at, at risk for this, which perhaps isn't surprising because that fits with the general population findings about alcohol use. And the second consequence you asked me about was irritability with colleagues. We asked consultants to um, tell us how frequently stress at work had, had caused them to be irritable with colleagues. And we found that um, a third of our consultant samples said that this occurred at least monthly in the previous six months. And um, so clearly it's impacting on um, the relationships that consultants are having with the colleagues that they work with. Um, we also um, asked them about how frequently it caused them to be irritable with patients, which is perhaps um, a little bit more shocking. And it was it was only one in five. It wasn't quite as many as as um, those who found they were irritable with their colleagues. But still, you know, this kind of brings alive kind of um, how this is affecting some consultants' uh, ability to do their job and to relate with patients and communicate properly with them. I'm interested in the fact you found they were irritable with with. Um with colleagues, you also found they were irritable with patients. Mm -hmm. So um, th that is worrying. Now, one of the issues, of course, is there's all of this mean that patient care is being affected. And uh, sorry, we can talk the Russell. Okay. So one of the issues is um, is patient care being affected? And you, you you came up with a rather worrying finding there. I thought. Well, I mean, we we have these findings are clearly of concern and um but we i think we need to um acknowledge that this research acts as an early warning signal that there is an issue and that these these problems need to be addressed um but there is there i have no um research or findings to suggest that patient care has been affected um, we, we didn't measure patient care we just asked consultants about these behaviors but I, but i thought in the survey um, the, the, there was a, 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 an indication from the consultants that they thought the standards of care had gone down as a there result. There was there was um, part. Of, we asked them about how often stress at work had um, had um, contributed to consultants reducing their standards of care. Yes, that's correct. Which included taking shortcuts or not following procedures. And this was another. Um, another factor that was about one in five consultants reported that this w this happened at least monthly, and um, so. Yes, you know, in insofar as they were reporting, they were self-reporting that they were taking shortcuts or not following procedures due to feeling stressed at work. So where does your research go now? Um, you've published this fascinating paper. What's the next step? The first important point to make is that we know that doctors are notoriously reluctant to seek help, and we are, we are very pleased that they have felt able to report these um, findings to us and that we've been able to, we've been able to publish them and, and alert people to the fact that this there is a problem um, doctors are generally trained through medical school to be invincible and to any sign of distress or of um, a, a problem is seen as a weakness and um, so we know that they're less likely to that they're you know a lot of doctors are very unlikely to even have a GP themselves and they're much more likely to get friends to prescribe for them um, rather than to seek help through the 
through the proper means. And so all of this needs to be addressed. And I think really where w the, the implications of our findings are twofold, I think we need to think about treatment and we need to think about prevention. And um, we know that um, services, mental health services for doctors are pretty much non-existent. Doctors are either going under-treated or untreated. And um, I'm aware there used to be a doctor-only ward at the Maudsley, and that's, that's closed down. You know, the first thing we need to think about is how we can provide these services. And psychiatric services generally don't um, provide support for people with mild mental disorder. But perhaps we need to think that a doctor who has got responsibility for life and death of patients this this is critically important and we need to provide it and in the NHS as the employer needs to start maybe be a better employer and we need to make sure that this is destigmatized and that it's in a, a supportive way so that's the first thing and then the second aspect about prevention is more where our energies lie and that's about building on our research findings that show that um, we can protect consultants' mental health if we maintain their levels of job satisfaction. So if we look at where that's perhaps not, not optimal at the moment um, and make sure that they've got variety in their job, that they've got high levels of professional esteem, that they've got discretion over their, their daily work, and that they're trained properly to do the jobs that they need to do in today's NHS. So they're trained to be a leader, and they're trained to work in teams, and they're trained to communicate effectively with their colleagues and with managers and with patients. So our work is moving forward really to try and evaluate some of the changes that have taken place in the NHS that are designed to improve patient care to see what impact they have on the well-being of the doctors who manage and deliver that care. But I think the important point is that, you know, doctors are so committed and dedicated to their jobs. I mean, what we mustn't do is push this issue further underground by make, making it, by scandalising it or sensationalising it. You know, it must be, we must try and change the culture in medicine so that doctors can come forward if they've got a problem and so that it changes the culture so they feel they can take a break from work and that they're not burdening their colleagues or letting their patients down. Kath Taylor, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.